Hello and welcome back to our panel discussion talking about game design and whether games have become too big to fail again question mark uh, so we are here to look towards the future now and as we have these discussions always want to take some time to consider what actions we can take uh, as an industry or even individually to improve things so because we've been talking about large open world releases that's where the discussion is going to go so my overall question is where do we go from here but i'm actually going to go back to cyberpunk and set some context I know it's like uh, is this the cyberpunk show, but bear with me. It, it's gonna it's gonna all like link together. We talked about the sort of many uh, mistakes of cyberpunk and the, its release, but in some ways, uh, it is the almost the perfect encapsulation of what is wrong with some aspects of the system we have here in terms of a game that was announced so far. Uh, in advance of release, a development process that was largely hidden in terms of what was shown, um, particularly on base consoles, as we know, uh, the marketing hype that was way off the charts, which did no favors in terms of meeting such massive expectations from fans, from media. But it is a project that cost $330 million to make and made its money back selling 13 million copies as of this, I think December 20th um, last year. So we have this the, on, along the lines of games becoming so big that also goes to the cost of games becoming more expensive to make. So in the first part, I talked about that history of uh, open world games and mentioned Shenmue, which cost at the time, it was the most expensive game at 70 million. It was then eclipsed by GTA 4, which hit the $100 million uh, development cost uh, and marketing. I think uh, marketing is included in that uh, in 2008. And then we have the uh, Cyberpunk. So with the, with the cost of games rising, we have the question of like, are these games becoming too big to be allowed to fail, except for Anthem, which... Uh, rest in peace for for that but my so my question is with cd project red making its development money back does that actually prove that the the approach works uh annie what do you what do you think in terms of i want i want to say did they do the right thing because i know you know we've talked about sort of mistakes that were made things that could have been done better but what do you see as things that um sort of yeah worked from that system because it, it seemed to have worked so would you say that's a good way to approach video game design so it's a it's a very very difficult question and when you sent me the questions beforehand it's probably the one that i've spent the most time thinking about um and it's very difficult because i don't have a straightforward answer like it feels like it should be a yes or no but in reality it's like it's complicated it's what do you consider a success like is is success meaning you you build a a fan base that feels as passionate about the game as people feel about the witcher is it purely a financial thing and it's like you put money and you get money out is it you know the 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 studio that you build with the people in it and and all of these things and i think for me the one thing 
one of the best things that came out of all of this is the beginning of a lot of conversations in like in the wider narrative so outside of the game dev community and more in like people like my brother and his friends and even like my mom chiming in because she saw it on the bbc and all of these things (laughs) yeah it's it's and i think the, the great thing about it is people are starting to understand game dev a little bit better and also like from that is coming a lot of accountability both towards studios and towards fans so for me that is you know one of the best things that came out of this whole situation um and i think it's it's very very important it's very important for us to have these conversations and to have like what's the, what's the cost of success kind of kind of a thought because um i know you mentioned nintendo and i can't remember which was the title but i remember like maybe a year ago two years ago um one of the titles they're working on they came out with a statement where they said you know we know we said we're going to release the game in a year we don't consider the game is good enough we're scrapping it um and that was that was very i i found that was incredibly brave of them to do yes i remember I can't. I can't remember the title. Was for it the, Metroid? For, I feel like it was Metroid. I I think so. Yeah, and it was like it's. It was such a such an honest thing to say. So I'm very much looking forward to more conversations like that. And like, what is the reality of making a game? What does that entail? Like, why why is my mom asking me what cyberpunk is? <laughs> <laughs> you but know, all you, of those are important questions. Yeah, and I think it's a really good thing to bring up in terms of opening up discussion and like learning from that because one of the things that happened after uh cyberpunk in i can't remember which month because uh time has no meaning uh, anymore but uh it's definitely after cyberpunk where uh microsoft showcased the new halo game halo infinite and the reaction was to that was not i'm sure what's not what they expected now i'm not necessarily a massive halo fan but i did look at that and i thought it's not, I mean, it looks good. It looks, it's fine. It looks fine. But not if, you know, if you're, this is going to be your flagship thing for your next generation console and you're touting this as a new experience, it doesn't look like that. And for me, that was an example of, I guess, in a way, the, the way it, it should work in terms of the relationship between sort of fans and then developers is that we're showing you something. And I know for them, that was probably like at that stage, the final kind of what they were ready to sh- submit. But, based on the reaction and the valid criticism and the constructive criticism let's say they said actually you know what we're gonna delay this game and i think that's okay Uh, so they get more time to make the game uh better and people are have their expectations set uh, accordingly and i think we've seen this year partly because of covid i imagine a lot of game delays but i think that's an overall positive because it means people are getting more time to make the game and people are also having an i say people in terms of like fans are having an understanding because it's come from covid we're all in that situation so this is like the one thing where you can sort of say the pandemic go anywhere well we can't go anywhere anywhere but when we can say the pandemic and everyone will know what you're talking about so we know like what it means to be like working from home we know that disruption so when a game is delayed and developers saying you know it's a result of you know the that situation we like all right they're people too they've got to go through this so i think that's something that yeah as, as a i guess a positive silver lining kind of thing um so yeah like i said as we're looking at the 
uh, the future and things we can do is open it out to the to the panel with this very easy question of what is the solution <laughs> um so easy. how do we <laughs> how do we create more realistic timelines within studios and expectations with fans to have more successful launches i'll start with the studios and with the 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 game makers here so Quang, what do you what do you see as a potential solution or action in terms of setting realistic timelines within studios um i don't know if you know but developers are notoriously bad at time management in terms of guessing how long a game will make uh take to, take to make um like the current game i was working on i thought you know it'll take a year at the most maybe uh we're, we're down to our fourth year making on the, working on that game um and it's just one of those things where for many many reasons things will get delayed um they generally say take the time you think it will make, take to make double it and then double it again just 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 good measure um but i think to fix things like this you you need to have an understanding again that there are people behind this like, there are factors outside of people's control pandemic being a huge one as i said it's not something we're all going through so we can all understand that but there are you know there are production costs and production timelines and pipelines that people don't see that are happening so maybe you can't get the equipment that you need to make your game you can't get something like this um these are things outside of your control and as long as the fans out there can understand that this is what it is then this is the problem then maybe they can be a bit more sympathetic but it's obviously honest on us to be more communicative about it communication is the most important thing there i think yeah, no, I agree. What would you uh, say, Annie? Yeah, I I completely agree, and I think um, it's also very important for people to understand why games are considered a creative industry and not a tech industry, is because games are not a programmer sitting in front of a computer and writing code. Games are much more a programmer sitting in front of a computer and writing and creating tools for a lot of people who either do not rely on programming to do their jobs or in a very limited capacity. So you have a little bit of overlap with things like, say, technical artists and 3D artists, but then you have people like game designers and concept artists who work with very high-level concepts, like things like what is fun, what is not fun. And you have to figure out figure that out with like different tools and and limitations and restrictions and you know marketing department demands and all of these things so it's like understanding that the process of making a game in its essence is not as straightforward as writing a string of code and it's not like writing gps tracking app for your car it's much more about giving giving the right people the right kind of digital pencils and going for the process, and, and you see that, for example, in concept art, something might look really great as a 2D sketch, and then you put it in the game, you put it in 3D, you look at it, and you're like, this doesn't fit in anything else we've done. Or you spend a year developing a really cool fighting system, and then you put it in the game, and the testers are just not gelling with it. And you, you have to watch people play it, and you're sitting there and being like, this is not working, I don't know why but we need to figure out why. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that you can put like, okay, it will take us three, three hours and 16 minutes to figure out why the combat doesn't work in the game. You have to go for that process of like, 
tweaking it, testing it again, tweaking it, testing it again, tweaking it, testing it again until it works. And that is the creative part of making games. And the biggest problem is fundamentally for games to be fun, constricting it will suffocate it. And I know mm. I sound like a very much like an indie dev of like, you need to give us time to create art. <laughs> yeah, that's but it is it is the reality of what we're doing. Like 80% of people who work in games are not IT. Mm. 80% of people who work in games are creatives of one, one sort or another. But that's what makes games so great. That's the bit that makes us fall in love with games. And it makes it so different. You know, that's why... Uh, a mobile game is more fun than the the app that's tracking the GPS of your car. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, like you say that there was a time where Google Maps uh, switched that uh, your representation to a Mario Kart. Uh, that was a fun day. So, I will... did you see the one when they did Link as well? Oh, I missed that. Oh, it was great. Like oh. the little yellow man was Link. Oh. Wow. <laughs> but it's 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 that sense of fun, like because if you think about it, in in practicality, someone sad. And was thinking about it. it was like oh we should test it they dropped it in and they tested it no one like was like we need to have a fun creative idea by like first of april 2018 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just yeah you have to give space for creativity and that will mean delays and that will mean changes and that will mean like all of these things and and thank god because like otherwise we're gonna keep churning out the same exact formula of the same exact thing and it's just not gonna be fun so then on the, the media side and imaging, what do you think can be done? What actions or considerations can be made on the media side to help with expectations uh, to ensure like more successful launches? I think number one is probably honesty. People being genuinely honest in terms of how they're communicating it to the media often not seeing the media as an enemy for uh, for reporting on things. Sometimes, you know... Well, I mean, there are media outlets that will, for example, avoid leaks and whatever. But there, I mean, it's 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 for example, uh, for some people that we, we like. For example, I was really upset on behalf of From Software with the Elden Ring uh, leaks that happened because I was like, this is just this sucks. This really really sucks. But the thing is, is that I have to report on this. I will absolutely do my best to say this has happened. And put and not directly have the the leaks within the thing, but I'll say like here's a very broad outline. This is a very like massive spoiler alert for the for for what's happened. But unfortunately, it's news. the 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 fact that one of the high, most highly anticipated games in the next few years has had a huge amount of like images leaked from it. It's a news thing that I. Ha it's just like that is like the biggest story of the day. You know, that's something that I just have to talk about. But in that case the company talking to us about like uh, and uh, and us having an understanding as media of what's going on and what led to that happening means that other people will be like oh this this does suck the these leaks suck or and and that would stem like issues like they're just doing this to hype the game like some people are just like yeah. leaks are just there to hype the game leaks are there to do xyz like so many like misconceptions mm. um and i also think when it comes to some examples that we've seen um among us and uh, Fall Guys, for example, honesty with the community and having like an actual like personable persona, a conversation with your community would also really help because then people are like, oh, I know the social media for this. They've never lied to me before, and they're being honest and they're showing us some behind the scenes and they're like being um, 
and, and they're actually talking to us and like answering questions and trying to like really get us to understand what's going on. And actually, I was Apex Legends Respawn. Recently, one of the um, devs just took a screenshot of the like of the uh, patch notes. I was like, this is what we're doing. Like, 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 like in, like in internal systems and someone else mm. working at Respawn was like, I didn't think we'd be the f- person to leak our own like <laughs> patch notes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you just, you just went and just screenshotted our <laughs> systems and just told people. And so, yeah, I think, I think honesty is the main thing for me is that if, I mean, as secretive as, as games should be sometimes about like all like, you know, hiding an appropriate amount and like reserving an appropriate amount of information actually talking to people and, and and trying to limit the speculation that you see that people will have about anything because that you give you give people a grain of salt and they will make a three-course meal, meal. Right yeah yeah <laughs> out of it yeah i agree and I, I think like you say the honesty and like some level of transparency but just with the with the idea that transparency doesn't necessarily mean you need to know every single thing about Mm. this game at all times it's having that uh trust as well to say like we're making the game and and we're gonna Mm. show you things in in due time uh as as we want as is our sort of right to do as the people making the game um and then for me i also think that just the understanding that you know mistakes can and will happen i i think to a certain extent there's a element of like uh, making a mistake or some kind of misstep is is the worst thing that's ever happened, and therefore you are a terrible <laughs> the person, terrible developer. You're you're out like you say you're uh, illegal. They must have done that on purpose to generate sales. Like just saying you know mistakes happen, uh, bad things happen, and allowing people to kind of at least give an opportunity to rectify mistakes and just going on that journey with people, like you say. So. Yeah, I, I do feel that, and kind of one of the other things I, w- I was thinking is, it's going to sound weird, but in a way, do we need to make less ambitious games? Because sometimes we have this idea of having to always shoot for like pushing all technical boundaries, and you know, I, I think you know we'd all agree that we like to see that technology pushed, uh, especially that like generation on generation. But um, uh, I mentioned the example of like. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miles Morales as a game that reuses uh, a game that had already been developed to create something new, but reusing uh, a lot of the technology that's already in place and creating a, a really good, fun experience and new story and maybe some balance of, of that. And then the sort of, we're going to push this particular technical thing like a Ratchet and Clank, like as you know, you see, you see that and they just jump in between worlds and loading in like completely new environments at the drop of a hat. So yeah, I think that kind of balance, like what, what do you guys think? I would like to see ambition in new areas. Ambition doesn't necessarily mean technical, but it's what people focus on. And uh, there are examples uh, that you laid out where I can see that like the ambition was there in Cuphead, for example, in having such a specific art style and, you know, and 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 imagery and, and and having like a live band playing that's ambition just not technically uh like in in terms of just pushing graphics and so yes uh yes and no i think ambition should always be there but ambition in uh, like, like direct your ambition to something that isn't always just making it the biggest it needs to be you know i have to get some like, like sorry go ahead 
Although I was just going to say, like, just to echo to what Imogen said, um, like, especially if you look at AAA titles and if you look at how safe they all play it, it's always, like, for a realistic art style with, like, all of these mechanics. You're always the good guy. You're always the hero. It's always, like, for me, like, I would very much like to see games that challenge all of that. Give me weird, wacky graphics, you know, your mirror's edges and and and. and as you said, like Cuphead, another great example. Give me, give me a game where like I'm the anti-hero. I'm like the worst human being possible. Why not? Like, just be a little bit braver. Not everything has to be photorealistic. Run it. I don't know. However many FPS and 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 so on. <laughs> like, try me. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. I'm a big fan of the Street Fighter series and how they've done things in terms of like like with spider-man they've taken the core concept and they've refined it through the different variations of it and i, I know people are, a lot of people there's, there's a lot of people who are annoyed of having to pay for this what they feel was the same game but it's not the same game it's a, it's a refining of it it's maybe it's the same tech but they've built upon that they, they've made it better they've made it the best it could be with the time that they have and i feel that we can learn from being able to accept you know, the amount of time they had from Spider-Man and then Spider-Man Miles Morales is a very short amount of time. And the you know the original engine for the first Spider-Man would have took, would have took years to make. To make a brand new engine from scratch, it's going to take you you know another big chunk of time. And but let's look at the new story. The, 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 the Miles Morales game is incredible for story. Like I've not even played it. I've only seen uh, clips and tweets about it, and it literally those have made me cry. Like the emotion that driven through that story is incredible, and and I, can I can't wait that, to get to it. Worry. I can't can't wait to get, <laughs> get hold of it and play it for myself, and you know, and actually emote with this and go through the storyline. And the, the the engine doesn't matter in that in that respect. The engine is solid; it does what it does. It took all the bits. It said, "This works. I can build a great new story with this." And yeah, I, I think that and Street Fighter again tweaking the engine they have already and making it better and adding to it is a completely valid way to go yeah no i I definitely understand understand that and i agree with that and um one of the other things i want to make sure that we we get to because as part of what we do with gamepad we often sort of work with young people aspiring um young people who want to aspire to be in the games industry in, in some capacity so as we're talking about the future and things that can be done i just want to get like a, a last sort of things to think about considerations tips because you all sort of work in different areas and i know uh annie um as someone um in game development and sort of working with a, a team in that sense like are there any tips or considerations that you can give people who are thinking about going into the industry uh, as uh, as it goes to game development yeah i would say first of all just make a game um there's like so many amazing tools that are free out there even even if you don't manage to finish it even if the game is not that great it doesn't matter it's more about going for the process and understanding the process no matter is what position you're going even if you're going as a 2d artist and you're hoping not never to see code in your life there is some amazing tools out there that can help you comprehend better what everyone else is doing it will make your life massively easier because the people who have consideration for the rest of the team and 
and the rest of the pipeline are are worth their weight in gold. They are the ones that, you know, are the most collaborative. So I would say like start from there and yeah, just just try it. And I would say for people that don't make don't want to go into the industry, also try to make a game. I think I think you you, you it will make you like very very compassionate. <laughs> yeah, get that appreciation for the process. Yeah. Quang, do you have any uh, considerations or tips for people? I would say, you know, um, don't be afraid to try something new. Uh, look at different angles. Go, I don't know, look at different industries. The, the film industry is amazing. It, it's it's got a, a longer history than than video games, and a lot of things we're seeing video games go through. The film industry has already been through. Look at different genres. Don't always look at making an FPS a shooter. Uh, you know, there are so many different types of games. Look at things that are different. Uh, look at uh, things like Journey, Gone Home. Uh, there are so many game types that are out there. And don't be afraid to try, try something different. Be true to yourself. And fair enough, it might be an FPS game. Maybe you want to make FPS games. <laughs> that might be true. Yeah, that might be your truth. <laughs> but think about how can you do it differently? How can you be different from all the other FPS games out there? Right, and in maybe on the media side of things, like uh, imaging for, yeah, for that person who wants to cover games, and you know, just looking at these like large releases, uh, what what can you give to them? Two things. One is just start, just start covering, just start doing it, just start doing the thing that you want to do. I think even more than with game development, uh, game criticism, and game writing like media side is even easy to get into because if you like games you already have an opinion on games you know what you like you know what you think is good and bad about games and and you can open a google doc it's right there it's right there if you're watching this you yeah. have a google doc tab. right there it's probably in the tab already. <laughs> and you can just start writing your thoughts doesn't have to be good doesn't have to be complete you know just 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 start formulating those ideas and diversify diversify uh the things that you play because uh they're not going to all be what you expect games to be they're never i mean a small blurb on a steam page is not going to give you a really good idea of what the game is especially when sometimes it's deliberately there to subvert your ideas of what things might be doki doki literature club for example that is a great <laughs> example of a game that on the face is something completely different though warning don't go play that if you're like below the age of 18 don't go play that game. <laughs> and you know it, it there are indie games like undertale that would really surprise you disco elysium i love disco elysium for example and that game on the surface as a top-down rpg like mm, but it's amazingly complex in a lot of ways um basically just start trying things out pay attention to what people that you would love to do are doing and 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 just you know pay attention consume other people's opinions as well mull them over diversify the things that you are intaking generally and then start formulating your ideas and if you do that enough online and uh, you will you will find yourself in a job and i don't know how that happens to me but you will just eventually you'll work there and people are like oh you're a professional and you're like what me Yes, yes, I am. I am. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm very professional. <laughs> well, no, that's really good advice. And uh, I think just going back to the, the thinking behind this, is, this panel is we have 
this this time where we have these games that are getting bigger and bigger and in a way it kind of comes from a a certain mindset um in terms of everything needing to be bigger and as annie mentioned specifically technically bigger and push the boundaries uh, but i think for people that are looking to go into industry like it doesn't need to be that we don't need to focus your attention on that so there are other ways uh, to make games there are other ways to sort of cover games and get that appreciation for them so that uh, ultimately we can uh, get games that you know work better basically <laughs> uh, work better and, and the discourse around them is um, a bit more uh, reasonable in terms of like expectation management so yeah so that's been our, our panel I uh, hope people have enjoyed that discussion before we go we want to make sure that we let people know where they can find our panel online so now I know which box everyone is in I'm going to go for the top left and start with Annie uh, Annie, where can people find you, your team online, um, and uh, I guess look forward to your your game. Yeah, so we we only got our uh, the other day, so there is still complete social media blackout at the moment in terms of the game. But very very soon we're gonna have news. You can you can find me on Twitter at um, Annie underscore PSD. And yeah, if if you want to chat more, yeah, message me. I'm happy to chat. Cool. All right, and we're going to jump over to the top right. Uh, Imogen, uh, where can people see all your words? <laughs> um, so if you want to read my writing, I am uh, published on Gaming Bible, uh, part of Lad Bible these days. But you can find me on Twitter at Imomela. And if you want to, yeah, again, message me, you can, absolutely. And uh, and if you want to join my live streams and stuff that I do there, I am under the name Mormento, M-Z-O-R-M-E-N-T-O, on Twitch. Cool. And Quang, let us know where they can find you. Sure. Um, so my micro studio is Asobi Tech. That's A-S-O-B-I Tech. Uh, Asobi is the Japanese word for play. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. And if you want to ask me anything uh, in person, um, Quang DX on, on Twitter as well. Just slide into those DMs and ask questions. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, don't say they didn't warn you. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, and if you're watching this, you probably already know uh, where you can find uh, me and my matter, but we're at my matter on Twitter, at my matter on Instagram, follow us on Twitch as well, and check out the uh, next gamepad event for more discussions like these we are also doing monthly panels and interviews, again, all with the aim of raising awareness of different career paths in the industry or topics such as these to get people thinking particularly those that have an interest in being in the games industry so as we wrap up i want to say thank you to our panel uh, for joining me for taking your time to have these discussions i encourage people watching to go and uh, find them follow them online just online nothing else and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can also find us as well as i've mentioned so let us know your thoughts uh, in in the comments you can join the gamepad discord uh, if you're old-fashioned like uh, i kind of am uh, you can send us an email with your feedback to gamepad at mymatter.com follow us on twitch on youtube and if you are interested in hearing more of my thoughts, you can subscribe to our podcast, Story X Story, where my co-host Tazzy and I discuss stories across pop culture and have different interviews and discussions with a variety of guests across different industries. So you can check all that um, and the links to our guests in the description 
that's all for me for now. See you all soon. And in the meantime, stay safe and uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Thank you.